actually let go of control, you need to really be ready to let go of perfectionism. You need to be open and willing that some people are going to do things differently than you. And some people might do things better than you. And I promise you, when you hire the right person, they're going to catch up to you. This is not your average business podcast, because here we are going to discuss how you hit your goals without losing yourself, your values, or your relationships along the way. We believe in the whole person versus the long-term hustle approach and demonstrating to our children what living a life full of purpose is truly about. We're here for the woman who is an aspiring entrepreneur, developing her personal brand, and staying open to the opportunities that come before her. We're here for the woman yearning to find businesses that align with her, her core being, so she can feel in alignment with her life. Come on this journey with us as we navigate this very full season and pursue a life we love. Are you feeling stuck? Are you searching for a greater purpose? Are you craving connection? Perfect. You are in the right place and we are excited to get you one step further than you are today. Although this podcast is called Pursuing Her Purpose, our businesses aren't just about us. It's about a vision that you have for your family, your clients or customers, and even how it might be impacting the world at large. And if you allow yourself to dream like us, then you know eventually you can't do it alone. I think there's a big misconception with personal brands, especially in the digital space, that they do it alone because they are the face of their businesses. I guarantee that a lot of the big names that you guys follow and look up to have people behind the scenes that are supporting them, whether that's a bookkeeper, a social media manager, an assistant, or even a COO, a chief operating officer. The magic you see in these brands was built with a shared vision. However, I can say that it felt like an incredible leap for my first business to hire. We definitely waited too long. I was drowning in work and I couldn't focus on the things that I needed to do in the business. But since things were going really well for us revenue-wise and we didn't feel like we had the time to hire and train someone, we put it off for far too long. We just did not make it a priority. We didn't see that hiring an employee could actually help us help more women and generate more revenue. And most importantly, that they would be happy and they would want to stay with us long-term. Maybe you can relate. It wasn't until I joined a mastermind and I was coached by Kat where I realized that there was a huge opportunity to step into the role as a visionary and up-level my business. Kat has a background of running an eight-figure business as a COO and she has hired and built many teams. So Kat, what do you think is the biggest misconception about hiring? This is literally my favorite topic to talk about because I've seen how monumental hiring can be for a small business. We often wear many hats when we start businesses and that's totally normal. But as we grow, it doesn't mean that we should continue to operate in that capacity. And unfortunately, I've seen so many small businesses stay in that space and it really stalls their growth. So after coaching hundreds of entrepreneurs the past four years, one of the biggest reasons that I hear for not hiring is I can't afford someone. 
And of course, before you're making any money in your business, you might not be able to hire someone right away unless you have funding from venture capitalists and you know you can start with this big team. However, it's so dangerous to stay in this place of thinking for too long. So the question I would ask yourself if you're feeling this way is how much money could I make in my business if I had support? What revenue generating activities could I focus on if someone else was able to actually support me? And my mentor has this really beautiful metaphor to explain this. And it's an image of a bonsai tree. So those tiny, cute little trees. Do you remember the episode in Saved by the Bell when there was a bonsai tree? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I should check that out. But a bonsai tree is so cute and tiny because you trim the leaves and you keep it in this really small pot. And it's not that it doesn't have the capacity to grow, but you're creating the environment to keep it small. So if you moved that bonsai tree into a big pot where its roots could grow and it could have expansion, it would actually turn into a full tree. And this is exactly what happens in business. You cannot grow unless you create the environment for growth. I love that visual and it is so true. So what would you say to someone who knows they want to start hiring? Like what are the first steps that they could take to prepare? I would actually suggest, and you can start doing this today, but start tracking your time. And you can do this using a simple plugin, like a tool called Toggle, T-O-G-G-L. This will help you realize on a day-to-day basis where you're actually spending your time. And it's going to help you analyze if it's actually productive or supports revenue growth. I always suggest that CEOs, and yes, if you started a business, you are a CEO, that you assign yourself an hourly rate. So I don't like to see any CEOs have rates less than 100 to $500 per hour. So when you think about tasks as you're doing them, you can think, is this task actually worth my time? Is this task actually helping to move the needle and generate revenue in my business so I can help more people? Mm, I love that. I really think that I should do that this week because for so many of us, there's always growth opportunities. Like I know that I stay in things where you know, it's just, I've, I've done it in the past. It's pretty fast for me to do. So I keep on doing it. Okay. So now once we've tracked our time and we have a sense of where we're spending it, who do you hire to help you first? Yeah. I suggest starting small and you can start outsourcing smaller, non-revenue generating tasks that are really going to free you up. So this usually looks like hiring your first virtual assistant or VA or some sort of admin support. So there's always going to be admin support in your business. You cannot get away from it. But at some point, it doesn't need to be you doing it. So even for example, this could look like customer service, right? This is like an admin activity that's a very, very important part of the business, but it doesn't need to be done by the CEO. So now that you've gone ahead and actually tracked your time, it's going to be so easy to take that list once you've gone through 
through it and kind of analyzed it, it's going to be so easy for you to create that job description of what you need support with and what you can delegate out. So you can look for support either virtually or in person. There's amazing pros to cons for both. So for example, Amy has an office, so it's helpful to have that in-person team, especially because she sells some physical products. However, if you're like me and you work from a home office, virtual could be a great option for you. So a few great websites that you could check out to hire trained VAs include Virtual Savvy or Belay Solutions. But honestly, there are hundreds of companies. So if you don't align with one of those, there's hundreds that you could choose from. And I even love a website called Upwork.com. And that's an amazing place that you can find freelancers of all different types at various payment levels that you could hire to support you today. I love what you said there because I was doing customer service for Expecting and Empowered for like three years. I truly was. It was my role. Um, And just in the past year, I've been able to get completely out of customer service. And one thing I'll add is that it has freed up so much of my energy. Because when you are in the customer service, obviously you are going to be dealing with some customers that are unhappy or they're demanding or whatever it is. And as the business owner yourself, I think you take that a lot more personally than someone that you could hire to help those customers. Um, I also, Kat, just wanted you to clarify, could you tell people what a VA could do inside of their business? Like what roles would they take on? Yeah. So a virtual assistant could help with a lot of different admin support. So there's people who specialize in various things. So for example, they could support you with customer service. I've hired... like I had to set up a ton of Zoom calls for a coaching program that I worked in. And so I hired a VA to set up like 100 Zoom calls because that would have taken me hours to do. Um, it's really those easy, repetitive tasks that you know still take a little bit of time, but they're usually quite repetitive. If you had... Um, Um, you know, an outline of what to do, someone could take that and run with it. Mm, Perfect. Okay. So I've noticed that a lot of my friends that have businesses, they really want to do it all. What it comes down to for them is that they really feel like they can't give up control. Like no one can do it as fast as them or as good as them. And sometimes I want to say, but like you guys, the thing is you could have an even bigger impact helping the women that you want to help if you did allow someone to help you. So Kat, can you coach us more through this? Like if a person does have control issues over their business, what are some ways that you would coach them? Yeah, this is honestly the work right here. And it's interesting because I feel like so many people get into entrepreneurship because they do like control. They like control of their schedules, of who they work with, of what projects they do. So if you're identifying with this, you're not alone. But when it comes to actually growing a business, I'm going to assume that your sanity and your life is probably pretty important to you. And if this is true, then honestly, you cannot do this alone. And it's so much more fun when you do this with other people. And I really want all founders of businesses, and I said this earlier, but to get in the headspace and embody being a CEO. Even if you're just starting out your business, like try on this hat and feel into what it actually means to be the CEO in your business from day one. So when you think about this, 
we can always go a little bit deeper. So why are you trying to do this alone? Or why is someone trying to do this alone if they're feeling like they can't give up control? And really, if you think about it, it's because every decision that we make in our life and business has some sort of benefit to us. That's why we're making the decision. So the reason that someone might not be releasing control is because there's no need to learn about leadership or to step into that. There's no need to work on communication. There's no need for personal growth because you're not working with other people and feeling tested. And there's no need to really exercise trust. And this This applies to people who already even have teams. Maybe they're still holding on to tasks that they know they shouldn't be doing because there's a benefit where they don't have to work on these certain skills. So I like to ask people a really tough question, but when you think about this, what are you actually avoiding by trying to do all of this work alone? Like, What is that benefit that you are getting from making this decision? And something I always like to think on the opposite side of that benefit, what is that actually costing you not to bring in support? Kat, I love this conversation because I feel like this is going to be a huge growth opportunity for a lot of our listeners. Um, I think that a lot of women get in this mindset. I know I have before of like, a lot of us didn't start businesses because we went to business school or because we really wanted to. Like We saw a need that women had and we filled it. And it's really coming from a place of passion. So I feel like when women have that mindset, they're like almost like, I will I don't know. This is too much. I don't understand. Like whatever it is, like they want to be stuck in that mindset of like, they are not a business person. And what we're trying to help you guys with is understanding how getting out of some of these mindsets can help you help so many more people. Yes, this is so true. And even with that same same other lens of that, Amy, is I feel like, especially when it's a passion-based business, people don't like to talk about the money behind it because it's all about helping other people and you know aren't talking about profits or maybe aren't prioritizing profits in their business. But when you think about what money allows you to do is it allows you to help more people. It allows you to have a bigger impact. And I'm even talking internally, like, of course, your customers that you're supporting, but imagine the lives that you can change even from hiring a team. And then you get to put your values into what their lives look like. Like, I know, Amy, we've talked about what it's going to look like to hire within this business. And it's like, our value is that you know people are going to have paid maternity leaves. We value motherhood and we get the opportunity to support other women through this business. Yeah. It's like you kind of get to put your money where your mouth is and your money on like what you say your values are. When you have a business, you get to show them, you know, you don't have to say it. Okay. But Kat, if we're being serious, I know a lot of my friends, they love your answers in theory, but they really have trouble giving up control. Like when I think of my own businesses, like these are my babies. I birth them. I am so passionate about them and so very protective of my communities. So if I hire someone, they have to pass the vibe check of actually deeply caring about these purpose-driven businesses. Can you coach us in this area? 
Yeah. And I do hear this all the time too. And I just want to acknowledge you if you're struggling with this concept. And again, as I said, so many of us got into this space because we do like having that type of control because you know we've built these businesses that are so deeply personal to us as human beings. And just like Amy said that example, but just like babies, our goal as mothers is to raise them to be these independent, thoughtful, loving humans that are someday going to function without needing us to survive. Even though I know if they're little, that's so hard to even think of, but that's really the goal of this. And it's honestly the same with business. So to actually let go of control, you need to really be ready to let go of perfectionism. You need to be open and willing that some people are going to do things differently than you. And some people might do things better than you. And I promise you, when you hire the right person, they're going to catch up to you. But they can't grow if you're always doing everything for them. If you're always saying, hey, I can just do that faster. Let me do that really quick. Or if you're always micromanaging them and kind of like breathing down their back all the time that you know they're not really going to have that capacity to grow within your team. That makes me think of parenthood. And I know in the beginning... When we have our babies and we delegate something to our partner and we see him struggling, like it's such a reaction to go and like grab the baby because you think that you can soothe them better or like your partner does a task slower than you. So you think I might as well just do that. So it's like this same system of thinking like we as women can't take everything on. Like sometimes we have to let our team have the capacity to learn and grow. And we can't just snatch tasks back if they're not done perfectly the first time is what I'm hearing. Exactly. And even with that example, I think of like my daughter, when we were sleep training her for the first time, I would always go in and soothe her and support her. But once I allowed my husband to come in and really be in that role, it's like we actually got to be on a level playing field. We were on a team together because we both could do that role. And it, oh my gosh, it was such a relief to me to have that type of internal support. Yeah. And it all does go back to growth, which is one of our values is that we have to grow, whether it's in motherhood, partnerhood, or in these businesses to understand that people can come alongside of us and make things better. One thing, one thing I remember hearing this in our mastermind a lot, Kat, I've heard this from a lot of friends is like, they have this giant fear of Say they're hiring someone, expecting an empowered. We just went through this. We hired our first like higher level employee and it was a huge investment for us. One of the fears around that can be like, what if this person comes, we train her, she knows all of our stuff and then she leaves. Like that feels like such a, such a scary thing when you're first starting to hire. Yes. I have heard this too. And it is a real fear that a lot of people face. And also on the flip side of that, I do see a lot of people have fear if they've tried hiring in the past and it didn't work out, or they had some sort of micro trauma in their business with bringing someone else in. And so they get very nervous to put themselves back out there and try it again. And 
I can say I used to be an employee in a business and my goal was to to succeed. I wanted to succeed personally and I wanted to see the business succeed. And I truly think that this is people's most natural tendencies. Like I believe that people are naturally good and naturally want to work hard. But also on the flip side of that, I'm someone who's managed a lot of people over the years. And I can tell you that I have had hires that did not work out and, you know, or like micro traumas in the business. And I've had to release people from roles where it wasn't working out. And something that I personally really started to reflect on from that experience was what am I not giving them in order to thrive in their role? And this was like a big concept for me because really the entire role of management, and if you're bringing in people, you're a manager too, it's to hire the right people and then create that environment for them to really thrive. So instead of allowing myself to like sit in victimhood of like, oh, why didn't that work out? I can never hire again, or I'll just have to do that myself. I would really ask myself this question of where did I go wrong? And I think this is a really powerful concept of taking radical ownership over all of the pieces of your business, not just the ones that are really shiny and going very well that you're excited to share with other people. There are some crazy things that happen in businesses and taking ownership over them is huge. And oftentimes this means that I get to learn a lesson from these experiences in real time. So I love this phrase and write this down if you need help with this is if you don't get the result you wanted, you get the lesson that you needed. And I think it's so helpful to think of what lesson did I get from this experience? And even at the end of the day, if you're like, no, that person totally dropped the ball. I gave them everything they needed. Honestly, it still comes back to you or it comes back to me who's been someone in that role that I hired that person. So it really does still come full circle back to my my own ownership. That answer spoke to me because I think this is true for a lot of other parts of life too. It's so easy to see the problem in the other person. For those of us that have long-term partners, you're able to pick out what he is doing wrong so easily. But sometimes it's taking a step further is truly having self-reflection and being like, what am I doing that's contributing to this problem that we keep on having? Like, do I not have clear communications? Am I not setting the right boundary? Like whatever it is. So I think the growth opportunity is really to, to have a moment of reflection like I don't think people sit with these things long enough to reflect and say, how did I contribute to this not working out? And what did I learn so that when I do it again, it might go better? And another thought of that too is like on the other end of that, if you're even thinking of like your partnership with your partner, if you go with that, then you're not assuming that they have the capacity to learn this new thing or or could really thrive in it. You're kind of disregarding it before you would even give them the opportunity to really thrive. Another thing that I hear a lot, and I've used this excuse before too, is that we just don't have time to train someone. So for Crystal and I, she has another business and I was a nurse at the time. So we were like, when would we train this person? Like we didn't feel like we would have the time to onboard a person. And I know that a lot of my friends have the same excuse. So I want you to break this one down for us. 
Yes. And I'm going to say here as like on this episode, being your coach in your earbuds right now, I'm going to say things that might like rattle you a little bit or like trigger you. And just think about like, "Mm, why is that triggering me? Where's the growth opportunity in this for me? But I guess if I heard you say that, um, and I was coaching you in that capacity, Amy, one counter thought that I would throw out there is, do you actually even have time for the tasks that you're currently doing? And I truly believe that time is currency, which is why I'm so passionate about building a team and systems that give you that time back. And I think anyone who is a mother knows that time is the most precious resource that we have and we're being pulled in so many directions. So if you actually think of time as money, how can you invest it to pay dividends later? Yeah, that's one thing that I think is really going to resonate to a lot of our listeners because I know that these women are very, very busy and that they have to start thinking about their time a little bit differently. What is one tangible step someone could start doing today to invest their time? Let's say this person hasn't hired anyone yet, but they know they want to in the future. Yeah. The simplest thing that I would do is start recording your processes by creating something called a standard operating procedure or an SOP. And you can either write them out or create a screen share recording um, using a software called Loom of you doing it in real time. And this could be anything from how you answer a specific customer service email to how you set up your microphones for a podcast. Um, We actually did this when we were recording a few days ago, Abby was showing me some setup with the podcast. And I was like, hang on, let me just pull up this video so I can screen share this and record this. So when I do this on my own, I know exactly what to do. And if you're good about this, you can start building up this nice little library and you could even add a task on your calendar to record just like a three to five minute SOP once a week. So you'll be building this up. And then when you are ready to hire, you're going to have this this beautiful little library ready for that person to learn what skills they need to do in the job, how, how exactly you like it done, and they can go back to it time and time again. And it's also future-proofing you because you have this library if that hire doesn't work out or you need to bring someone else in or they win the lottery and decide to leave you. <laughs> you have this amazing resource that can be used over and over again. I picked up that tip from the mastermind that I was in, the one that Kat was coaching me in. I came right home and we actually had our first hire. And so she came to my office. I was teaching her everything that she was going to be doing. And at the same time, we were making SOPs, standard operating procedures for every task that I was showing her. So we were doing it together. And it was so nice because now we have this library. And it, it really gives you that reassurance that if someone is sick, you know, a small business is a small business, like especially expecting a part, we don't have that many employees. So things like that, they might seem tedious, but they're so helpful to give you peace of mind that more than one person should be able to do every task in your business. Totally. And what's really cool about SOPs too is, you know, I gave some examples that were like tangible, like do step one, do step two. And those are really powerful, but you can 
also create standard operating procedures for the way that you think or unique things to you. So for example, if you have a task to review a sales page or a website design that normally you do this and provide feedback to someone, you might have certain things that you prefer and it's not a right or wrong thing, but you personally prefer it. So I always like to bold this word or I'd like to leave this amount of space. You can record your thought processes and essentially train someone to think like you, which is really powerful too. Thank you so much for all of your amazing insight today, Kat. We know that so many of you can relate to these thoughts, and that's why we're opening up these conversations. And if you're just starting out, these are great things to think about as you grow. Each of us on the podcast has struggled with these, and honestly, not that long ago. Our first employee at Expecting and Empowered was in 2019, so more than two years after we had started. So we know that hiring has now been a really impactful piece of our business. And what I want to tell you guys is that it's truly impacted our personal lives the most. Like my sister and I, Crystal and I are in such a better season of work-life balance. And we could have never done that if we wouldn't have started to hire. So if you have a purpose bigger than yourself, then you get the beauty of allowing others to share that with you and support your dreams. If you loved this conversation and want more behind the scenes support in your business, then head to wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. 